Hello there and welcome back to Barely D&D. This is a sort of Dungeons and Dragons podcast. My name is Landon and I play Boz in the campaign. This week we are going to be jumping into episode 28, Wonder and Worth. But before we get into that, we're going to go ahead and recap episode 27, The Opalescent Tome. After leaving the merriment and joy of the Festival of Petals behind, the fungi's arrived at the beautiful building known as the Opalescent Tome, eager to complete the central goal for which they had arrived in Home Cove. Greta's path toward the iconic building was interrupted by an abjurative field which she discovered after casting Detect Magic, elucidating a series of additional realizations regarding magical items among the party. The gnome pressed through this field with some effort and the group arrived at the building with confusion nonetheless. Therein, the party met in a massive ogre employee of the magic shop, Morgrim, who warmly greeted the group and welcomed them into the distinguished establishment. After a series of introductions, Boz climbed the shop stairs and searched the stacked shelves for tomes, while Greta asked Morgum about the magical field which barred her entry, identifying her dragon scale shield as the likely culprit. Morgum went on to explain that some forms of magic are barred from the enchantments surrounding the building. Greta responded by showing the store's soul guard her scope of the world wanderer, for which the ogre informed her that Conage was a passionate collector and student of Nifty's items. While Greta and Morgum conversed, Craig searched for additional adornments and Roe perused magical instruments, all of which was interrupted by the store's owner and purveyor, the renowned arcanist Conage, who strode out of a red silk curtain and into the party's company. Roe noticed her friend's arrival and chose to face her grief, which weighed so heavily upon her, admitting to Conage that her mother had died. The wizard empathized with Roe for a moment and told her that she would gladly speak with her more intimately in one of the opalescent tomes meeting rooms as soon as the shop's other guests had been attended. It was at this time that Boz returned with a druidic text of arcane insights and mysterious ponderings. When Kanage glanced at Boz's staff and recalled its origins, she bequeathed him the priceless text as a gift, much to Boz's protest. She went on to explain that while her shop was most certainly for profit, she felt it her responsibility to find that her magical inventory found their rightful owners, and that her knowledge of both the item's creators led her to the confidence of her decision. Greta reinserted herself with a discovery of a magical box ascribed to Nifty, for which Kanage paused to speak with her as the episode drew to a close. And with that, let's go ahead and get into this adventure. Welcome back to Barely D&D, a sort of Dungeons & Dragons podcast. My name is Zach, and I was a DM once, and we are excited to bring you another episode of The Accidental Adventures. Uh, but today we have a special guest, yeah! Jay Quellen Butler. Butler. I said guest. <laughs> <laughs> Is that foreshadowing guest. that her character uh, will die? Maybe. No, I hope not. Ghastly things maybe? will happen. Maybe. No, we hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have magical tombstones that show like a, a message of the person and like memories and histories of things they did? Ooh, heaven. Uh, That'd be really cool. This is just creepy tone, room. considering how like light this. Uh, That's good for uh, I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> um, Big Mike's to... tombstones. <laughs> Technically, Landon's. I just made the shop for you. Our... I'm giving you stuff for free. Is That's it? true. That's giving true. Giving it to you for free. Isn't Landon our special guest because he's not here? So he's no. No. nice yeah. try, Jackie. Nice try. But for um, the listeners, Landon is actually not in this room. He's somewhere. He stole his house. Won't know. We put him in <laughs> a box. We put him in a phone. Where in we the world is Carmen's unlikely box? <laughs> <laughs> that was good, Landon. That was good. I'll um, be here all week. 
uh, Melanie is not available for our letter from the editor. Which so, we're um, sad about. Today, uh, we will get Mike on the mic for yeah. our question. Yeah. Mike on the okay. mic. Greatest so, Miguel. I need to get I... like, a, like a little theme song, like a Mike on the mic jingle. You're right. Okay, well, my inspiration for song. this question comes from the curtains on Landon's window. Um, if your character were a fabric, what would they be? And before we get started, what is my NPC this week? Your mom. I think. Oh, Mike on the mic. Um, uh, I want to know about Connor the, J. Or, no, no, the really no, big shut up. dude. Morgan. Oh, Morgan? Yeah. I like how everyone had ideas and Mike was like, yeah, shut up. We're doing Morgan. And you know what? The big Mike has spoken. Morgan is. Morgan is. For real, you guys. I know what Gretchen's would be. Um, excuse me. I know what Boz's would be. <laughs> okay, Boz. He's not even here. He said, this I is only my know house. one ahead, fabric, Boz. so I'm I'm worried that someone's gonna take it before I can oh. say it. So <laughs> Boz would be canvas. That's the what? one fabric you know. Well, that makes that sense. Yeah. What about like you know? cotton? Yeah, do you know? Actually, like a no, canvas but... bag. Not Wait, like do you think Boz on. only knows canvas, or you only oh. know canvas? Both. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like Landon's right though. I mean, Boz really does seem I like canvas. So, yeah. He's but a blank canvas. He's like canvas landing. Because he's rough around the edges, but he also is real sturdy and he can be good to hold things like coffee beans. Yeah. Um, Just like coffee Boz. beans and canvas good bags? To hold I don't know. Beans. <laughs> well, but also like canvas is like a simple material made kind of directly from its fibers. That feels very Boz esque. Yes, directly from the fibers because it takes <laughs> a lot of fiber to be boss. Why did you make it weird? <laughs> I'm just trying You're to be right an entertaining podcast that. host, Zachary. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm coming off you the cuff. Succeed. Um, good. Great. Hey, what is your fabric? So my original Gerda. thought was like burlap. My burlap. second oh, thought. Yeah. Oh dang! What was my second thought? Yeah, but I feel like oh, it's burlap though. My second thought was like wool, but like in like oh, the wool sock kind of yeah. way. Oh, shoot! Both of those feel right. I yeah. like it. So maybe like, like can you make? Both of them well, together. Can you make wool out of? Can you make burlap out of wool? <laughs> Didn't um, Greta's like no. family work with like sheep polyester? So I'm sure yeah, they can. That makes sense. Oh yeah, well okay, yeah, wool makes sense because Greta's a sheep. Greta's family was sheep. That's, <laughs> that's sheep true. Girl. Yeah. that's true. She's that's a, a good sheep kind of gal. I think they'd technically be. Instead of like shepherds, a horse girl, she's a sheep word. girl. Derived from <laughs> sheep person. Sheep person. Sheep farmer. Sheep farmer. You did say sheep person at one point in the first Creepers. I'm imagining one of those paintings of Jesus like carrying one of the sheep, but it's like oh Greta. But it's Greta slumped over her shoulders, just like pointing at things. Are the sheep the same size? Or are they like <laughs> extra large? Uh, we don't know. We haven't We're gone extra small to Zillium. Like we haven't gone to Zillium. I would lose my mind if Zachary just grabbed my family's sheep. I think oh. I would just oh described them. Well, I think I grabbed them. Okay, Craig. I have one. I have mine for Craig. So, fake leather. That's yeah. all I can describe. Yeah, yeah. No, but I yeah. have to go into detail. You know, I mean, I don't know if y'all go to church, but like my experience is that like you go in and then there's that couch that's just shredding like fabric. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. couch is just for twenty years. Yeah, yeah. like it, it, I don't know why they haven't removed it, but like it's just shredding but it's so comfy. fake leather. It's so comfy. There's but also it's so the comfiest couch. There's but also I don't know why. those couches um in like any recording studio. Yeah, it's always churches yeah. and recording studios. 
studios yeah. that have the couch. True. If it's like, it's like what, how long has this been here? I know. Or like, <laughs> oh my gosh. What would what would Roe be? I think Roe is. Um, I think Roe would be silk. Oh. Um, what color? I, <laughs> hey, hey, we didn't say what color no, fabric would color. be. That's true. We didn't. I'm just uh, kidding. But if so, it would be Mike like a, the mic. a purple or something. <laughs> okay. I don't know. But I think silk because um, on one hand, it's like a very uh, fragile um, Ooh, true. fabric. And you have to be very careful about like how you wash it or how it goes outside or, you know, different things like that. But at the same and time, you want to keep it clean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's also like a very strong material i mean it's like made by actual living things like silkworms and stuff like that stuff made from worms famously strong so on (laughs) one hand on one hand it's really strong but on one hand it's really fragile and i feel like that definitely (laughs) encompasses roe i i want to change my answer (laughs) but it makes sense it makes sense i think canvas is too sturdy i feel like boss would be linen (sighs) She just cho- changed to a completely <laughs> different fabric. Yeah, I know. That's what I do. I realize that I know more than one fabric. What would Morgram be? Morgram would be... Um, and I, shoot, I gotta think what Morgram is, and we've already listed so many fabrics. Um, cotton candy. That's not a fabric, cotton! Not, not fabric- yet. I bet I could make something to cotton candy. <laughs> what fabric would Morgram be? Oh, man. An iPhone. What? <laughs> um, Glass. Anything's a fabric if you're brave enough. <laughs> That's not true. I made a tie Aluminum. Aluminum. That is being written down. I think. I think Morgan would be. uh, You like waffle knit? What? No, but I don't. Leather. Crocheted leather. Just trying to throw fabrics out there. I think. Actually, wait. Oh no! Denim. Denim. I think I think Morgan would be I don't want to say silk because you already said silk. But Sorry. I feel like, like Morgan would be silk because he's kind of posh and fancy. Aww. And he dresses slickly and Wait till his road not silk. Uh no, it's not, <laughs> it's not mutually exclusive. Because velvet doesn't feel white either. I'm gonna say that Morgan is silk. Velvet. I'm gonna say that Morgan is silk. Yeah. Ooh. I love maybe, that. Maybe he and uh, uh, Rose should meet up sometime. And yeah. Talk about yeah. Uh, Jackie and I both went. <laughs> we both could at the same time. I don't think Morgan and Rose. I have a fun fact. He's like. Yes, Landon. I have a fun fact, <laughs> and this is so the first tall. barely D and D fun fact of the entire podcast. So can I please get a round true. of applause from everybody for this fun fact we're about to get? I'm giving a square of applause. Yes, fun fact. <laughs> so this fun fact goes out to all the uh, Ghibli fans, all the Ghibli Studios fans, and um, it is related to the podcast, believe it or not. So what's your uh, fact, Landon? Yeah. If you're familiar with Studio Ghibli, they make Japanese animated movies that are amazing, and then they turn them into English translations that have some differences. And when they were trying to figure out what to do with the English version of My Neighbor Totoro, they were talking about changing Totoro's name to be more of an English name, like My Neighbor Kyle, My Neighbor Joe Toro, My Neighbor Uncle Sam even. Uh, And they came up, actually suggested even My Neighbor Craig. Um, oh my gosh! Miyazaki said, "I could not name him Craig because I would not want to be named Craig." <laughs> and uh, so now we have my neighbor Totoro. That's Whoa. the fun fact of the day. I just want to preface: 
I did not see this coming. I have to breathe. I don't want to put the onus of responsibility on anybody for there to be a fact each week. And really, we don't need any more chaos than we already have. But that was pretty fantastic. I don't think that, that anything was can top that fact. That was so you know good. That was a really good fact. The amount of people that this have like, either hated or fact. loved the name Craig like, it's is crazy. It's no, but like, I don't know anyone named I Craig. Uncle yes, named I Craig. do. I do know someone named Craig. I have an uncle My named uncle Craig. named Craig is insane. He let me, my, he let me look <laughs> at cheese under a microscope. This is episode 28. Um, it's a level five adventure, and as Landon would uh, hold a knife to me and say, level five point four, because uh, apparently I have yet? to do that now. Um, do you? Five point three. I don't know because I forgot my knife. Like, so you're five, free to do whatever you want. And you this pulled week. out a gun, and you were like, "It's level five point three five. Oh wait, there was no anything happening like that. No gun. But um, I gave you first aid right after, so it was just fine. <laughs> um, but this is episode twenty-eight: was. Wonder and Worth of uh, the Accidental Adventures I campaign. What the worth of this? Um, What's and the worth of the a date wonder? Is 3488 PB, Tefthrar 31, because we usually pack five episodes into a day. Um, and uh, I was like, I was going to ask you to repeat the date, but I remember it's like, I could just it's turn the page. always the same. Um, and that's all I wonder details. if we're ever going to spend more than 24 hours like of like actual playtime on one day. You've done um, it before. I would, You've done it before. We've we've spent like no I'm like at the table twenty four hours worth of content playing oh. in one D and D day. That'd be intense. Like camp. Please be crazy. let's not do that. You say, Did you really just use that? Joke? That's not at Daniel. one time. Stephen Christie. Anyway, I've um, heard that like ten years ago. I so. buy things. Yes. So we go to <laughs> let me shop, Zach. Let me shop. <laughs> what was the uh, what was the thing we said from behind? Shut up and let me imagine, DM boy, or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Shut up and let me imagine. <laughs> um. So we pick back up. Um. Where uh, Kanaje had just stopped to speak with you, Greta. Um, about an item in which you were interested. Um, you had come to her and asked about Nifty's squiggly biggly box. So, because I've described the foyer of the opalescent tome, and I've described um, in, in, in some detail the library of the, the bookcases and the stacks of books that Boz and scrolls that Boz went to look through. Um, and by the way, when I say stacks, I don't mean books stacked. I mean like, you know, stacked shelves in the bookcase. Um, but I haven't described the other room in detail of the opalescent tome. <gasps> And um, this is the space where most of the magic items are held. So this is the secondary room that has that massive rug on the floor. And um, uh, in more detail, now that individuals are going into that space and grabbing uh, items from that room. Uh, so it is, it is the largest room in the Opalescent Tome. It's very large, probably almost like almost 40 feet wide um, and maybe 20 feet all the way across. Um, it has that high ceiling like the rest of the place, uh, but not expansively high. And on that pine wood floor, there is an, a massive rug. And on it, um, there's like a gold border to it and uh, frills off of each end. And it takes up almost the whole floor. And there is an intricately woven um, uh, diagrammatic like artwork in the rug. And it is of a very large stone building square, a series of towers around it. And um, the square building uh, has like a hedge uh, row all around it and above the hedge row. So it's like a 2D image relieved in the rug and woven into it. You can see um, individuals of people, humanoids of many different uh, races, like moving about in the space. And there's a cityscape in the background of the woven image behind the large building. Um, and uh, uh, there are also there are individuals flying around on, on brooms in the spaces in between the towers and the central building in the middle. Um, and there appears to be individuals casting in casting spells in the imagery of the woven um, tapestry. Ro, you know what this building is, um, 
But would who else is proficient in history? I believe you are, correct, Greta? Yes, I'm I the am. Opposite of that, I am. I know. Um, so you may make a check, Greta. You may make a history check if you like. Also, Hogwarts. 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 Harry Potter. Harry Potter. I, I am know, describing I a place that you guys can go. <gasps> I want to ride Bruce. Yes, Abby. Oh my gosh. Abby, doing thinky math. <laughs> Where'd you roll, Abby? Twenty-five. You got a twenty-five total. Twenty-five. Oh. <laughs> I'm just gonna say this real quickly. You roll high all the time. It's ridiculous. I have an insane history modifier, so. No, you just roll high. <laughs> I don't care if you have a plus ten. That's still a high roll. <laughs> and I know you don't have a plus ten. Um, it's a high roll. Uh, it is. Uh, that is the Vashtan Institute of Magic that is depicted there. You've heard <gasps> it rumored. Um, and uh, Ro, you know, you just know that because mm -hmm. you've lived in Vashtan. Yeah. Um, it is considered the preeminent magical university in the world, in which um, students of like sort of like high school age and beyond um, are sent to go study. Um, uh, arcane uh, studies, um, you know, be they bards or sorcerers or wizards, even warlocks on the very rare occasion are sent there to go study. Um, yes, ma'am. I feel like this, I'm having a brain fart, but that's not where Ravina went. No. no. Ravina um, went to... There is also a bardic college Okay, that's what I thought. Vashtan, okay. Um, which is specifically sure. for bards, but bards also study at the Vashtan okay. Institute. Okay, cool. Wait, um, so in the city of Vashtan? Mm -hmm. Okay. Or excuse me, the country of the country of the Ashton. nation, excuse the kingdom me. of Ashton. Did actually, I guess it's not kingdom. Um, yes. I forgot. Can I do a memory? And a memory check, me? as we said previously. A memory, yes. memory. memory check. Is that where Bella Andre went to school? Uh, you may make a history check if you so desire. Wouldn't I? Didn't I have a conversation with her? You may make a history check if you so desire. Who is that? The doing good, Craig. Doing the good. wizard that Greta talked to about the spyglass earlier. Oh, you okay. have to be kidding me! Your graph is ridiculous. <laughs> Listeners, for those of you who don't know, Zach makes graphs of our rolls. I might be a nerd. Um, I believe she did not mention that she went to the institute. I don't think she brought it up. But I'll tell you what, I will go back and check, and if I'm wrong, I'll confirm that she did. But I, I don't believe that you got that information from her. Isn't that where the tea girl wants to go to school? That is. She said that she wanted to study Yay. at the Washington Institute. Um, so that rug is in the middle of the room. I'm going to continue describing the room now. Um, so you have this big rectangular room, and there's the rug in the middle. On If you guys are in the foyer here in the front, and you guys walk past, past it, on the wall to your left here, um, it is all armor. So there are suits of armors standing up on uh, small uh, daises, and uh, there are helmets and boots and breastplates and pauldrons and all sorts of different armor pieces up against the wall, hanging from things. Um, and then on the uh, uh, on the far left wall of the room, it's all clothing items. Uh, so there are racks of clothes on cylindrical. Um, uh, pedestals which can turn slowly so that you can look at different robes. There's also robes that are so fancy that they sort of stand on their own hooks and their own stands. There are hats and boots and belts and all sorts of items. And then on this far wall away from you guys, that's where that huge bay window is, that whole wall window that looks over the city of uh, of Home Cove. It's about, it's getting like late afternoon in the city, so you guys can see the sun high in the sky and Home Cove is beautiful, splayed out before you in that arcing circular pattern as it reaches away from you and you can see the edge of the caldera rising up over it. And then under the window, there are um, like 40 feet of glass cases, um, like display cases at a jewelry shop. And they are filled with 
largely adornments, as well as a series of other smaller items which would fit easily within the glass cases. And then on this far right wall, um, this wall over here is all um, glass display cases full of potions, which are labeled. Um, and then on this wall here, um, there are like one section of it is all weapons hung up um, on different uh, racks or hooks on the wall. And then right here are the miscellaneous. And then this is the wall going back to the lobby. Okay. So Greta, you went to the right and where there are all of these cases full of miscellaneous items, all these hooks and stuff, you went and grabbed um, Nifty's Unlikely Box, which I will describe for the listener. Um, Greta has returned toward Kanaje, that um, uh, dark-skinned wood elf woman um, in her elegant clothing and demeanor, and she has brought a solitary eight-inch wide pinewood cube, which is seemingly hollow. Uh, the cubic box feels hollow to hold, with a lightweight with a lightweight indicative of empty storage. The lid of the box is affixed to an by an internal brass hinge, uh, which opened the lid backward away from whatever creature is holding the odd item. A light but warm staining has been applied to the whole container, giving a fine finished appearance, and each side of the box has raised edges um, with shallow square faces on either side, each of which has a different detailed carving of a very emotive, almost caricature-like humanoid face. The face on the bottom of the box is one of sorrowful dismay, with a jaw lining frown and a deeply furrowed brow. The face on the back of the box depicts wondrous surprise, uh, with raised eyebrows, brilliantly opened eyes, and an agape sweeping smile. The face on the right side of the box is racked with terrible surprise, jaw dropped, brows raised, eyes pushed wide. Its counterpart on the left face of the box is entirely unamused, nearly expressionless and bored looking. The face on the front of the box is curious, turned to the side with its mouth twisted in pensive processing, one eye squinting and one eye one o wide open, an eyebrow cocked and the whole right cheek tilted toward the viewer. So it's making like a, like a, like it's really curious what we're saying face. Like Popeye. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Exactly <laughs> like Popeye. And finally, the face on the lid of the box is one of gleeful, almost mischievous knowing. Lips pressed tightly together as they hold in laughter and the cheeks pushed wide in a grin, eyes squinting and the brow gently furrowed. Uh, the end of the nose on this final face, on the lid of the box, is a depressible round wooden button, which pushes down softly when pressed. So this is the item that um, uh, you have brought to Miss Kanaje, and she's walked toward you now, and she's leaned down, and she says, um, You said that you had a question, Greta. Yeah, I did. Um, when, mm. No, that is, uh, that is an excellent point. And she just smiles at you one more. Um, I'm going to put the box back on the shelf. Okay, so you walk away from her back around the corner. Well, and no. You, no. No, okay. Okay, when when we started, I thought that I had sat down on the floor and opened the box. Oh, That's okay. what I said that I did. Yeah. Uh, sure, you know what? Yeah, uh, I'll tell you what. Well, retcon either way. She's walked around the corner because you called to her or something, and you've I'm sat down on the floor, and you have the box, and it's open. She's kneeling down next to you. Okay, so I'm going to, like, put the lid back on the box okay, and kind of put it... To the side. And you don't have to slide it back on, it just opens on a hinge, okay. so you just close it. Okay. Um, who else is around? I mean, no, every everyone, you know. It's not a private space. It's a very open uh, building, and everyone is looking at items middling about. Okay. And when we left off, everyone was speaking with Kanaje in one manner or another. So she's walked maybe six feet away to talk to you, but nobody's like, you're not hidden from anyone. How may be useful? I'm gonna take out my dragon scale shield okay dragon uh, shield, um, yeah. she gets a pensive look on her face and she looks at it carefully what do you stand we we found it in one of our adventures and i we found the scale and we had someone make it into a shield um but when i came in it had it 
was like heavy in my in my pocket. She gives a knowing glance, and Morgrim leans his giant head around the corner, and he goes, specifically caught in the objurative field. And she just kind of looks behind her and smiles and gives a knowing nod, and he nods and sits back up against the wall. Um, real quick, DM to player. Um, you did not find it in your journeys. You bought it at a particular we shop. Did, yeah. Um, are you trying to be deceptive about that? I'm just asking. In other words, are you mm -hmm. aware of that fact? Is Greta aware of that fact? Yeah. Greta would remember. I mean, she would. My point being, like, were you mistaken about that? Or I was. I was that? mistaken about that. Okay, no problem. Yeah, yeah I'll say that we bought it okay. during our travels. I, I mean, only we did ask find it because, too. based on knowledge that I'm aware of, that can change her yeah. responses. Okay, excellent. So she nods, and um, she takes a deep sigh, and she says, "That is quite an interesting item. Um, it is very large, and for a scale of that size to have been retrieved from somewhere." That would have needed to be an immensely large dragon. Hmm. Um, we have items in our shop made out of dragon. Um, and even the one from which our scales were claimed, it did not equal that size. And she sort of like reaches her hand down toward it. And in your hands, it's like a full-size shield. Um, you're also tiny. So as she reaches down, it's kind of like bigger than a dinner plate um, by a significant margin. As she reaches it down, she sort of traces it with her finger and she says, there would be... Um, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of these on the body of the creature to whom it belonged mm. so this beast must have been immense um and red dragon shield items are or red dragon scale items are very uncommon um and you said that this was caught in the field what do you mean? that this um our objective field around the building oh yes it was prevented its yeah. from where did you buy this item we bought it from a uh, a vendor in in Port Resplendisong in Magic Lane. I am familiar with mm -hmm. um, most of the vendors from this location. From which <laughs> shop specifically? What was the name of the vendor? Um, Magic Bills. Mm, hold on, I can give you an exact. <laughs> yeah, Magic Bills. We got it from Magic Bills. <laughs> <laughs> from <laughs> Big Bills. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. That's that's an example of a joke that is only funny if you've listened to this campaign. Like if you hadn't, you'd be like, okay. Um, I don't think we mentioned Big Bills in the recap, so if you if you missed out <laughs> on that, it's one of the gems that you didn't get to hear. Madame Miscore's Magic Menagerie. Oh. Yeah. Which is a misnomer, but that's fine. It's kind of intentional. <laughs> that's not what it was supposed to be I called. Love the word menagerie. Yeah, that's all right. Um, Madame Miscore's Magic Menagerie. Oh, okay. Um, we got it from. Um, Madame Miskor's shop. <laughs> ah. Well, um, I will be honest with you. In the time that I have owned this establishment, that is not the first time that something from her shop has had trouble getting into mine. Mm -hmm. um, she seemed pretty chill to me. She's not. Um, <laughs> she whispers slightly. And she waves her hands momentarily. And she, um, you saw Bellandra cast Identify. Um, mm -hmm. Not, but uh, probably less than an hour ago yeah. in the street. Um, Kanaje um, moves her hand quickly and mutters something under her wrist. And you notice that she seems to cast it instantly and more easily. It's as if mm -hmm. she requires less components. Um, and I want you to make an Arcana check for me. Fancy lady. She's I love our really good at her job, you guys. What? She's just really good at her job. She's really mm, good. She's seven. really good. Oh, sorry. Wait, what did you roll? A seven? 
No. Um, while you are very interested in many arcane ma matters, mm -hmm. um, this is this is an extremely experienced mage with whom you are dealing, and there there are magical wonders here that are not of your understanding. But mm -hmm. she seems to cast a spell, which you could logically presume to be identify, um, with less far less effort. And she mutters something momentarily. Her eyes flash with a color, and then she shakes her head for a moment. I am sorry. I I cannot identify this item. Um. Whatever it is, it is guarded in some way. Um, are you aware of the spell? Identify. Mm -hmm. um, it has limitations, and some items um, are beyond its ability. This appears to be one of those. Do you know why it could be beyond the ability? Whoever formed... I need to simply a dragon scale. Well, this is a real curiosity, Greta. I'm not certain. We had it made into a shield. But yes, we had someone but it would have had its arcane properties far before okay. someone affixed leather to it. Either this was enchanted by an incredibly powerful mage who guarded it with um, very strong enchantments, or um, this came from a very powerful creature whose mm. arcana may not be so trivially accessed. Mm. Um, if you liked, I could try and study it, or even bring it to colleagues. But um, I also understand why you would want to keep it on you. You think it's dangerous to carry around with me? That is an excellent question. The complicated problem is that this building is enchanted against certain... certain specificities of magic in very complex overlays and to be honest with you i don't mean to be difficult i cannot discuss all of them with you um for the safety of this shop however um it is possible that without being too specific to guard the interest of um friends of this establishment i have had individuals come in before with items that were dangerous but i knew that their intentions were effective and they meant to wield them salubriously to the rest of society. Um, so, while those items might have been dangerous, they were all right in the hands of those individuals. It is also very possible that this item could be problematic. Um, so, I know it is an unsatisfying answer, but I'm not certain. Especially as I cannot cast identify on this subject. Hmm. Okay. I'm sorry. I think that's okay. Um, I think Greta's gonna like take the shield back and put it away um and she's gonna pick up the box and point to the face on the front of it and ask who's this i don't know um and as you look at it greta this isn't made made to make you yeah. sound dumb or anything the the face is very it has a lot of expression but it is extremely banal mm -hmm. it is a very bland like i wouldn't quite call it genderless but it's a very generic face like it like maybe it could be kind of masculine possibly but it lacks very few defining features um it looks fairly generalized and she says um you know i've had that item in my shop for quite some time and i'm not sure hmm. i don't know if it's meant to be someone specific or um general i i, I don't know hmm. are you interested in the item i am um Morgrim said that you were a student of nifty Ah, so you are aware of the Chaos Mage. Yeah. Um, I am not... There are individuals in this world more practiced in his magics, but my father was skilled in his specific arcane insights 
and I have been fascinated with him my whole life. I gather his items in mass, study them, I try and make sure that they go out for use to others who would use them for <laughs> similar means. Mm. And you could certainly describe me as a student of what he has done. I study his history thoroughly. Oh. You mentioned, did you say that your dad was interested in Nifty or, or did I misunderstand that? My father found, my father's name was Teloje. Mm -hmm. um, he was an adventurer in this world uh, in many years past. Mm -hmm. And um, he mapped much of Yalebrin, studying its, others would call them monsters, but he simply knew them as creatures with purpose and belonging all the same. He was fascinated by them, and he loved Nifty and his magic. He found writings of Nifty's um, that elucidated some of his magics, and he knew some of his same spells. Mm. Nifty was responsible, my father claimed, for developing his own school of magic, uh, specifically from threads of arcana unexplored by other mages. My father was engrossed in these practices. Do you know any of his spells? No, 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 I want to check that real quickly. Does she? <laughs> uh, give me a second here. I don't think she does. Um, she gets a sort of knowing, if slightly wistful smile on her face, and she says, my father took some of these insights with himself to the grave. Hmm. Did you have any questions on the box? What does it do? Well, it is not necessarily something I want to show you in the shop. Hmm. But when you press the button on the nose of the box and you open it up, effects occur. Um, it is one of any variety. There are quite a few. And um, some are entirely harmless, some are quite comical, and others are truly inconvenient. Hmm. That sounds cool. It is an in entertaining item. Are there people who know and who know more about Nifty and have more? There might be an individual or two who is more of an authority in the world, but I'm not going to lie. I might be one of the world's foremost authorities really? on him. Really? Yes, ma'am. I'm gonna show. I'm gonna bring out my telescope, and I'm gonna show her. Her eyes light up, Aww. and she gets a wide grin on her face, and she says, "What is this? Do you want to try it?" Um, she takes it from your hands, and she immediately waves her hand over again, and mutters, and her eyes flash. She smiles, and she just stares at it for a while, as you get the feeling that she cast identify. Yeah, and she's just sitting there, like kind of thinking on what she's seeing, and then she looks at it, and she. I mean, she looks almost like a child. And she closes it and opens it again, and looks at it and closes it and opens it again, closes it. This is spectacular. Where did you find these? I found it, we we found it in one of our, in one of our adventures. So are all of his items recovered. I really? swear he scattered them. <laughs> oh, do you think he did it on purpose? From everything I can understand, I think so. Hmm. Is, do you know, I know, I know it's like a mystery and blah, 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 blah. Please, Greta, ask. Do you think that he's still alive? Like, just in your opinion. Oh, you know, almost everyone who brings in an item asks. Mm. I don't know. Mm. He has been unheard of for quite some time. And I think I've had about 15 people come into my shop telling me that they met him. 
Uh, every one of them gives me a wildly different account. <laughs> and all of that leads me to believe that none of them have. <laughs> but he could be. I don't know. If he is alive, I haven't heard of his exploits in quite some time. <laughs> if he survives, I, I wonder if he's the same. And she hands the spyglass back to you. Hmm. Are you looking to sell that item? No. I don't think so. But he meant them to be used. Hmm. And you seem full of curiosity. I think so. Are you interested in that box? Yeah. Yeah, it's probably really expensive. I have not a lot of money. <laughs> I have... What would, you, would be the price range in which you'd be looking? Well, I have two gold and two copper with me it would be out of that price yeah range. but my friends have a lot more money but i don't want to i don't want to it is seven thousand five hundred gold that's a lot of gold i don't think we have that much money it's a very rare item yeah um we do trades here okay it's quite a valuable item is there anything you would be looking to trade mm, the only things that i have are my my shield and the, the spyglass and i don't want to i don't want to to trade the spyglass and I'm not super fond of the shield, but I should probably talk to my friends before I give that away. No problem. Um, I will talk to others. Let me know if you have other questions. Okay. And she stands up. Um, she looks sort of expectantly for a moment toward Ro, because you had spoken to her previously about having a private conversation, but she just sort of flits you a glance for a moment, as if, like, are you needing to talk now? Have you gone to that side room? Or are you still in the space looking at items? Uh, I say I went to the room. Okay. Yeah. So, Ro disappeared for a moment during that conversation and slipped behind the red curtain. Um, she looks momentarily at both Boz and Craig, wondering if you guys have any additional inquiries. Yes. And we can just say that you guys were looking at items at the time. Yes. So she looks at you, Craig. Yes. Have you found anything to your liking, though? Yeah, actually, I found this really great... Hold on, I'm gonna go to the page. Yeah, do it. Uh. I made the packets for a reason. Hold on. No one has any rows in the, sec in the yep. session except Abby has three. <laughs> What? Hmm. I, no one else I just want to, for a moment, Zach, just shout out Zach. He made a 44-page yes. document so full chunky. of magic so items. So many words. Some of them are from the regular, you know, source material, but most of them, like 80, like 90%, 90% of these are like original homebrewed magic items that he has just like Incredible. put into the world. So shout out, shout out to him Stop for just it, you guys. writing till 2 a.m. every night for the past and it's year. it's so guess. organized. Like, my brain can comprehend yes, this. it's yes. organized. <laughs> like, Sorry, that's oh it. I'll let Micah have her moment. <laughs> maybe, maybe in the far, you know what? At the end of the campaign, maybe we'll post this on the Patreon. Or something. <gasps> yeah. cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, but oh maybe it'll be proprietary. So we'll see. Craig, what are your questions? Okay. She looks so I'm going to say that he's been interested in Nifty's Tome of Jokes. <laughs> okay, so Craig, you bring it forward. You know, I've just been realizing that, man, I've always wanted to be funnier. <laughs> you know, <gasps> Craig. You know, I, I just, I feel like everyone else. She, you get a slight laugh at her. She. <laughs> everyone else is just so funny, and. I'd be honest with you, Craig. I'm not that funny either. It's rough, isn't it? Yeah. How is it having to like look at you know this item every day and just know like dang? Oh, I try to struggle on. Are you interested in its purchase? Yes. Um, I was I was curious. Uh, I don't know. Like, do you think this this would make me funnier? You know, in a certain realm of humor, I think this would make anyone funnier. <laughs> and for the sake of the listener, Craig has brought Kanaje, um, a uh. 
It's 1,000 jokes of varying quality <laughs> that are scribbled onto in common handwriting on a long strip of indistinct worn cloth. So just think of like a strip of like cotton cloth, like oh, 60 feet long, rolled into a ball with a thousand jokes scribbled onto it. And it's a magic <laughs> item. And um, uh, she says, these could very well do the job. They also, um, you may use these um, combatively against, uh, against other individuals. If they find you funny enough, it is enchanted to incapacitate them for a time. Dude, I have never made someone laugh to that point before. <laughs> Neither have I. That would be incredible. Wow. Okay. Are you interested um, in its purchase? Yeah, I am. Definitely. For sure. It is 1,250 gold. Have you any items that you would like to trade? <laughs> um, well, I have these really cool rings, but they make my hands look nice. Those are some very fine looking rings. Craig like, puts it. out his Do hands. Do it, Craig. Hold on, these are Michael's decision. Do Craig it, puts out his hand and is like... They are very fine looking. Yeah. How much are they? Like, how... Do you think they're really, really pretty? <laughs> um, Do they my hands look nicer? Yes. Um, she pulls out... Uh, she raises her hand in the air and her fingers snap. And there's a little flourish of glyphic symbols. And out of the air, there's like a... Um, and a little... A uh, golden magnifying glass drops into her hand Whoa. with a fine crystal lace, and she says, "I think I need to stop burning spell slots." And she reaches <laughs> forward and she casts identify through this item, which just identifies other items. And uh, she leans forward and she peers through it. She lowers it and she says, "That is a very valuable item. How did you come upon something so fine?" <laughs> so there's this funky lady that we met um, from Metamiscar. Ah. Yeah, she was she was weird. You all might not want to return there. And she snaps her fingers in the magnifying glass. Disappears. Okay. If I gave you these things... I would be willing to buy those from you for probably... How does 3,000 gold sell? Now, do they come as a set or can I keep one? They do appear to function all together. Dang it. Okay. I mean... They make my hands look so nice. <laughs> I don't want to pressure you. No, would you like good. time to consider it? I'm gonna do it. Alrighty. I'm gonna do it because I I don't know. I hear like Nifty is a com I've heard that name before, so this must be really cool. And I'm I don't want to pressure you at all. You are interested in this trade. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I really just wanna like become a comedian at some point. Like that's my <laughs> biggest dream. Well, she stands up so and she walks over the counter. Things. Um and uh, she's like, she's just kind of almost barely paying attention. And she like uh, flicks a hand through the air and mutters something. And this like, this like um, pale silver illusory hand floats over to under the counter and lifts up a bag and carries it back to you. Um, and it drops in her hand and she opens it up. Um, so she opens up the bag and she thumbs out 300 platinum. And, uh, and uh, the hand like uh sort of dabbles and it's got this really the hand has these like really like extra motions with its fingers like it's it looks like a like the mage hand belongs to some really like i don't even know how to put it just a really extra person <laughs> um and uh it like fumbles around for a bag under the counter and then it brings it back she counts out 300 platinum puts it in the bag and hands it to you that should be equivalent to 3000 gold wow wow and she reaches out her hand do you pull off the rings yes. she's already given you the Okay. Yes. So you slip off the rings, you drop them into her hand. My hands um, feel naked. <laughs> she just smiles <laughs> sort of awkwardly and drops them into the illusory hand. The illusory hand uh, 
moves through the air and drops them into Morgrim's immense palm. And he stands up and as he stands up, his feet stands up in the space. He has to like crouch a bit underneath the ceiling, but he walks over to the desk and starts pulling out like paperwork and filing things. You get the feeling that there's like a processing term to all this. So he starts working on putting the rings away and you have 300 platinum in a bag. And she says, would you like to buy the tome? Yes. And she takes the bag back from you. She starts counting things out. The transaction occurs. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm uh-huh. sorry. And you get uh, weird but fair. Um, and it's like a transition. Time. I believe you get 100 platinum back and 750 gold. But anyone else can check my math. I'd appreciate it if somebody checked my math. How much were? It, how it's, much was it's the 3,000 minus 1250. 1250. It should be 15, a difference of 1500 and 1500. So she should get 1750 back. But yeah, you get 100 platinum and 750 gold back. So that is your responsibility to record. Dang. Okay, can you say those funky numbers again? Craig's rich. You get 100 rich. platinum back. Also, if it's worth anything, there should be a money section on your sheet. But yeah, but this okay. is this is a pen. Fair enough. You Fair get uh, 100 platinum back, and you get 750 gold back, as well as you purchase Craig Nifty's Tome of Jokes. Yay! Read us a joke. Read us a joke. And later on, you can attune to it. And uh, when after you spend an hour attuning to the item, you may me- or each day. You may memorize three jokes from it. Once per long rest, uh, you may recount a joke to a creature of your choice as an action. Uh, an enemy creature who has heard a joke must make a wisdom saving throw of DC 13 or fall subject to the effects of Tasha's hideous laughter. Um, and it says once per long rest, but you can <laughs> memorize three jokes, so that's wrong. Thrice per long rest, uh, you may tell a joke that you have learned. Okay, hmm. I'm going to ask her a question. Mm-hmm. I have all this now. Can I get you may buy more other rings? items? From- Rings? <laughs> Would you like to go look at the adornment yes. section again? <laughs> can, can you like uh, just point me to the to something that I a ring that I could buy like that would All fit right. this price? She stands range. up with you and she walks across the room to the display case. So Craig peruses for a little bit. Bothers you I have a quick question. Um, I have been searching around, and I have picked up the um, the druid's defense. Okay. Uh, which is a, a leather gauntlet. And I bring it over to her and I say... Would you like to read off the description of the item in your hands, Landon? Absolutely. So the Druid's Defense is a rough, dark material. Um, uh, the rough... Oh, sorry. The rough, dark material of the double-reinforced studded leather gauntlet is a magical, strange sort. Strong and light. This leather is so rough and of sufficiently variegated grays. Is that how you say mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Variegated grays so as to look like the rough bark of an ancient oak tree. So you bring it over to her as she's walking with Craig toward the adornment case. And she can stop and talk to Boz while you look around at items. Uh, Mikhail. So she turns to you, Boz. Yes. This is very good, it looks like. Is it for druids? It is. Um, you may um, whisper to it. And, uh, well. Um, and we're bending the rules of attunement here, but it's fine because it's a cool moment in the description. The rule so she of cool. picks it up and she whispers something to it. And... Um, the wood that's on it um, like pulls together really suddenly and all these roots burst off of the side into it and they go and all these roots burst out into a circular shape um, and they look like a mass of roots below a massive tree and they just out into this huge circle and she holds it in her hands and she says it creates a shield and then she whispers to it again and the roots pull back into it she hands it back to you oh my gosh that's so cool can I I, like cast spells with that on my yes. hand, with that, it is oh intended for the use of druids. And how much is it? And I like close my eyes and like cr- <laughs> like brace myself a little bit. Uh, she smiles, 
and she says, um, while Zach scrolls to that part of the document, um, that is 5,500 gold. 5,500 gold. Okay. Or if you have an oh, item for which you would like to trade. I might. Um, hey, Zach, DM, Mr. Mm -hmm. Lord guy. Okay. Um, <laughs> a long time ago, you told me what the Stone of Sea does in its specificity. And I was yes. wondering if you'd be able to reiterate that because I you I don't, I dear player place. are aware that the stone of C allows you to breathe underwater while you hold it, as well as um, it cures any disease or almost any disease that it's in contact with, as long as it is near a person for twenty four hours. And Zach, I'm I'm asking as a player. Um, Ye -ye. I can cast breathe underwater, right? You can as a druid. You have the spell and the there is a cure disease spell that we can have in our spell slots. Is that different than that? Um, it should qualify. I don't. I'm trying to remember whether or not. I don't know the greater greater restoration cures any disease, but I know that it probably cures most. Can I see a player's handbook real quickly? Actually, to verify. All right. Um. So I don't know that restoration rest. Like it might be a slightly less powerful disease curing. Like there might be things outside of its bounds, but from what you understand, it certainly seems to do that. Okay. Um, I, I hold out in one hand, I hold a heart, the heart cover dagger and in one hand, I hold the stone of sea and I say, I have these with me. Um, I'd have to check with everybody before I give them up because we kind of have like a communal thing going on. Certainly. The greens were Craig's though. Uh, so that's cool, Craig. <laughs> I, think she smiles I was giving you a thumbs up from the side. I didn't know if you could tell, but I was like, I was I like, for sure. Anyways. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I she, um, also, you for sure could be funnier. So um, I think it's a good, okay, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she snaps Whoa. and the golden magnifying glass uh, apparates in her hand again and she waves okay. it over the items. And she smiles again. You get the feeling that she's just an individual who's in love with magic items. Like she, she loves what she does. Um, and as she looks over the items, she nods and she says, "Well, the dagger is quite valuable, um, but the stone. I would certainly consider the stone of equivalent value to the shield." Um, really? Yes. The ability to cure any disease. There are many who would seek this item. And to be quite honest, Buzz. I would like to have this in the shop for the sake of providing it to someone who needed it. So, um, I would love to make this trade for you. You would just trade the Stone of Sea for the Druid's Defense? I want to be honest with you, Buzz. I think it is of equivalent value all day long. Um, the ability okay. to, uh, there are many diseases in this world which are magical and very challenging to cure. Um, and <laughs> there are individuals who would, there are clerical orders who would pay well to have it so that they may um, supply it to those in need but like I said I like items to go where they belong and if someone needed to come into my shop with a very serious disease I would love to be able to provide the item to them so um, okay. I would make the I would make the trade gladly okay so I look around to everybody and by the way how much is the dagger worth like if like if you were do you to ask her it? to appraise it I ask her to yeah. appraise it I would probably value the dagger at a thousand gold Okay. Okay. Um, now I have I didn't bring it with me, be um, but I also have a jar that has a heart in it that's beating. Um, mm -hmm. Her eyebrows raise. Ah, I usually can't carry it with me. Quite a few items. 
I I can't carry it with me because people like accost me about I it on the understand. street. Yes. But if you want to come visit our ship at some point, it's there. I don't mean to be rude. I, I, I might have you. No, come that's here. fine. <laughs> it's just really cool. Like that's, it's the cool. Um, it's, <laughs> that might not be the sort of item I would typically purchase. It's a bit outside I, of my purview. Okay. Okay. Ow. I also just want to know what it is. <laughs> you want to come um, see our If ship? you would like to bring it in, I would gladly I have identify to bring it. it here. Okay. Okay. Um, guys, is anybody around me right now? Like the party? I mean, Row isn't, no. but everybody else is. Never paying attention to you. I'm just uh, kidding. not paying Greg, attention, but uh, uh, Greta Greg, and Tilly. Greta. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, do y'all mind <laughs> if I give up the Stone of Sea for this cool gauntlet? What stone? <laughs> Never mind, Craig. Greta. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't mind. I, I was going to ask if what do you thought of. Can I be like standing next to him? Sure. Hey, Boz. Hey. <laughs> Poof. Can I, What's up? Can I stand next How's to him? How's it going? <laughs> it's going good. Greta's at my right hand, Craig's at my left, and I'm standing over I think him. Craig's 10 feet away looking <laughs> in a glass How's case. How's it feel to be yeah. at the left hand, Greg? Um, Just for the sake of living this scene along, Tello cool. walks up and goes, I don't know if my opinion is relevant, but uh, I don't care. I was going to ask... I th oh, Greta. Sorry, Greta. Greta. Credit. Credit. Do you answer what saying? I was gonna ask, what, Boz, what do you think about me giving up the shield? I do you use a shield? Mm, I've never used it. Because you guys have um, never had how much is How much is the box? It's too expensive. But like money, money. I look at seventy five hundred. Seventy five hundred dollars. Craig's um, got some money now. Not that much. Could no. you like? Sign a lease for the box? Do they lease things? It's I, I, I like the, the way that I found the spyglass sounds really feels really natural and random. And I feel like Nifty, if if Nifty wants me to have some of his cool stuff, he'll just it'll just I'll come across it, you know. I like that. I I think Nifty is yeah. good. So I would be sad to miss the spyglass. Um, I look back at oh, Zachary. I'm gonna get her name wrong again. Tanajay, right? Tanajay. Conage, I ah, okay. Conage, I look at her and say, "Do y'all like do leases here on magic <laughs> items?" We do not. I apologize. What if we give you like a flat percentage of like everything we make, it like the next ten sales, sell or trade? Okay. Boz, what do you think about? Can I like lease my items? Can I put them up for use here? I'm just thinking there's some different things y'all could do. We to have generate had revenue. individuals uh, sell this in the past, and um, it becomes really complicated quite quickly. Um, also, not to be morbid, okay. but when adventurers die, they tend to lose their items with them. So that becomes a complicated journey. That um, does seem like it would complicate things, not also, being able to get your items um, back. I do not mean this in any sort of an incredulous manner, but um, this shop does quite well financially. So I think it, the system works pretty effectively. Wholesale, not putting the prices on things. Are I don't you know, interested once something's not broke, don't fix it. <laughs> Are you interested in the gauntlet? Yes, yes. Craig doesn't know that the stone exists and Greta says it's okay. And Greta, I think it's a good idea if you sell the shield for the box as long as it's a fair trade. Okay. Um, you can also probably use the ruby for bargaining power if you want. I don't have the ruby anymore. What happened to the ruby? I I failed. Wait, I feel like we had this conversation already. We have. Boz has this conversation for the second oh. time in the same day. I don't you I've remember my failure, then. Boz? I told I already I'm told sorry. you about my failure. I that was I wasn't trying to rub it in. I just genuinely forgot. I'm sorry. It's what? no big deal. Rubies are mean. 
Anyways, Miles has a negative yes. one in memory. While well, you guys are having this conversation, Kanaje, unpushily but very politely, takes the gauntlet out of your hand, <laughs> or takes, puts the gauntlet in your hand and takes and trades the stone, and she says, um, yes, uh, are you confident in this trade? Yes, yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Kanaje, I'm very confident no in this. And she hands just, the stone please, to Morgum, the same process conducts. I wanted to say that I think it's really good that we can know that this stone is going to go to help more people than I think we could um, with it. So if you just please, I know you want to make sure that items go to the right places, but if you can make sure that the person who gets this does a really good job at helping people, I think that we would I consider really it my like responsibility. That. Okay. Guys, look at this. I <laughs> wow, that's a gauntlet. And then Craig turns back. Don't move away from me. I'll make an opportunity attack Craig. right now. What you doing, Craig? I she strides back over to the glass case. Okay. I have a narrating thing. Mm-hmm. What? Oh, 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 Do your thing, oh, Craig Do your thing. Okay. Um, I'm going to say that Craig, like, he starts walking up to where the rings are, and he's looking at the ones, and one just catches his eye because it looks like a wedding ring. <gasps> okay, that's sweet. And, and he was like, oh, oh, that one. Oh, wow. My wife had one like that. Oh. Okay. Well, and what kind of a ring do you see? The ring quickening. Ring okay. Quickening. Um, would you like to describe what you're looking at, Craig? So Craig is definitely looking at a ring that has a polished blue-gray metal, and what is spotless electrum? Electrum is a kind of metal. Oh, actually, didn't know that. I would know that. Who works in metals? Well, why don't you make an? Why don't you make a history check for me? That would be a seven. Holy crap! Okay, so add that onto your d20, and then add your history modifier. Okay, so that's a 7 plus 8. That is a 15. Plus your history modifier. Go Craig. If there is one. There is not. That would be, there is a negative one. Oh, that's a 14. Oh. <laughs> I got a 14. Okay. That's okay, because it's one yeah. of the forms of currency in the world. You know what an Electrum is. Yeah. Um, is the Bardic <laughs> Inspiration electrum. gone now? The Bardic Inspiration yeah. is now gone. Um, the it's Electrum. Okay. Uh, electrum is a, uh, it's a common metal. Um, it's called Electrum because it is mildly conductive of um, electrical, uh, uh, electrical impulse, and uh, which is a little bit outside of your range but you know that it conducts thingies but you are aware that the metal actually you know what <laughs> it no, attracts this is, things this is the sort of thing that you know so actually you would be aware that there is such a thing as electrical charge you're mm -hmm. aware that it's sometimes magical sometimes natural and electrum can be a little bit conductive um it's a beautiful metal it's a deep like deep blue um almost kind of like a metallic something cooler than navy is a good way to describe it um, and it is also frequently, it is infrequently used as a form of currency. You have seen it printed in coin before. Um, it's, it's only used within specific nations, so it's not entirely common, but it is frequently, it's a precious metal like gold or silver. And you're aware that it is worth a little more than silver, but a little less than gold. And it's this beautiful, cool, like blue gray metal color. Okay. So that's the metal of the ring. So crafted from spotless electrum. Mm-hmm. And it has three small diamonds set in its head at an equidistant positions. And engraved on the inner portion of the ring are a number of small glyphic, mm -hmm. glyphic symbols, almost too small to see. Okay. I, so and that's are... on the inside? Yes. Oh, I love that. So this ring catches your eye. Oh, oh hey. What? She Tell smiles me about and that. Walks Tell over. me about that one. Uh, this is the ring of quickening. If you are a caster, of spells uh, once per day you may um, cast a spell a little more quickly than you typically could so you are functionally aware that um, 
The ring allows you to cast a spell up to third level with a standard casting time of one action instead as a bonus action. Ooh. So if you were going to cast a spell <gasps> as an action, you Wait. could instead cast it as a bonus action up to third level. So I can't cast. It is completely useless to you. I got really excited about that one. Mm. It's okay. It is all right. I just got really um, I got excited. You are interested in jewelry, correct? Yeah. Um, she starts looking around through the case, perusing, and she says, Well... Um, she opens the lids of some of the cases and you notice she snaps and whispers and different um, like locks come off of the fronts and they just levitate out by this illusory hand that's following around putting things in her palm and she pulls out um, five items which you can afford um, and I'm going to describe them in rapid for the sake of the listener Understandable. so the first that she pulls out are a pair of lovely thin golden bracelets to be worn upon either wrist um, these bracelets are smooth cylinders, grooved in spiraling patterns, which cause them to gently refract light along their surfaces. She tells you that this is this item is called Alandra's Fine Defense, and she tells you that it's worth 350 gold. And she tells you that, um, and she basically describes, that you can expend, once you're attuned to it, you can expend a reaction to touch your wrists together mm -hmm. and move them back apart um, to create a thin, pale, translucent field of arcane force between your arms. And uh, as you move them back apart, you cast the shield spell. So basically the shield spell is a reaction. So if you're in combat and somebody brings on a dang old wombo combo, um, <laughs> you can, if you're attuned to these bracelets, you can pull them together and you can spend uh, your reaction to cast the shield spell and it gives a plus five to your AC for one attack. So basically for an instant, there's an arcane shield around you that makes you a little harder to hit. That's that item. Um, she pulls out um, ba -da -ba 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 -da -ba -ba. A slim electrum ring, smooth and polished, but warm to the touch. The circular head of the ring is set with a quarter-inch dull green cat's eye gemstone, uh, which gleams black and which gleams gleams back and forth <laughs> with the movement of light. She says it's called Faber's Clasp. Clasp. It's two hundred and twenty-five gold, and the slim ring is enchanted with a fine familiar spell, capable of casting the spell without the requirement of material components under one specific detail. As an action, you may will the ring to summon Faber's Feline Companion, a small black cat with gleaming green eyes. So basically, if you have this item, you can use an action to whisper into it, and a black cat is summoned into existence, and um, it is a fey creature that you are mentally in control of, and even though you're not a caster while you're attuned to the ring, you may go into a like trance-like state where you cannot see or hear, but instead you can see and hear through the cat's eyes, and you can make it go places and do things for you. It's like the guy from Game of Thrones. That's what that item does. So she shows you that one. That one's 225 gold. Um, she also pulls off of the wall um, a Nifty's Gaudy Walking Cane. Um, this atrociously styled cane is three feet long and crafted from pure gleaming brass. Studded at equal intervals from each, from each other, spiraling down the cane are gleaming stones of quartz, polished to look like diamonds to the ignorant eye. You as a dwarf know immediately that they're quartz and not diamond, but they're definitely intended... Like, you get the feeling that it's made to look really fancy to somebody who doesn't know it, and intentionally made in such a way that if you know what you're talking about, you're like, that looks bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the top of the cane is sculpted from a figure's head, no larger than a chicken's egg, made to look like a detailed relief of a snooty-looking humanoid face, his chin upturned and a smug knowing expression, kind of making this face. <laughs> uh, it's 1750. Uh, and she tells you that the cane can magically, it requires attunement. The cane can magically change in length, shrinking to five inches long when pressed by the attuned wielder or extended to five feet tall when pulled apart by the same individual. You can do that as a bonus action. 
Um, the extension or reduction of this cane is accomplished as bonus action. I just said that. Um, when extended to a length of three feet or more, the cane can act as a plus one quarter staff if you want to use it as a weapon. And you may also speak a command word, bezazzlezaz, um, as a bonus action. And the cane's many jewels will be will begin individually emanating five feet of bright light and another 15 feet of dim light. So basically, it's a big cane that looks really terrible. You can make it five inches long. You can make it five feet long. It can be a plus one staff. And if you say bezazzlezaz, the whole thing shines and gives you light. You made this, didn't you? What? No. Um, then she pulls out. This is a um, classic D and D item. I don't know what you're talking about. She pulls out the pendant of revelry. A gold-dipped color of this iron chain shines brightly, um, pulling eyes toward the central pendant, which is a one-inch metal circlet which frames a carving of a treble clef note. It is 225 gold, and she tells you that while you are attuned to it, um, it fills you with the dexterity, strength, and training of an experienced dancer. Um, with this pendant, you gain the ability to bust any number of moves from different dance styles effectively. As the I giants of the far north might say, this fat piece makes you one jive turkey. Oh. <laughs> that is so great! I'm never going to get that. Uh, <laughs> I just picture Craig like dancing like really, really well. The <laughs> last one that she shows you which you can afford is the Ring of Swimming. A dark iron ring, almost blue in its make, set with fluid lines of silver and water-like patterns. The lip of either side of the ring is edged, so the sweeping silver lines almost look like the streams of a riverbed, held within opposite riverbanks. It's 300 gold, and while you wear it, you have a swimming speed of 400 feet, uh, 40 feet. <laughs> 400. So, 400 40 feet. feet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, so just gets in the water and turns into a motorboat. That's right. honestly uh, faster than most motorboats. <laughs> Um, you're just you're just um uh the guy from the spongebob movie yeah. uh david hasselhoff, david hasselhoff. You're, just, you're, you're like pecs are vibrating you're just <laughs> the water. okay so those are the items she shows you um, within your 400 feet every six seconds it's now you're insanity one yes. thing is we mentioned earlier that craig couldn't swim yes how does this affect craig's mm. ability it to would swim? give you the ability to swim heck yeah heck in now as a quick note, before we get into too much, I want to point out that the standard homebrew rule that we have in this campaign is that you guys can attune to a number of magic items equal to your proficiency bonus. Yeah. So you guys all have a proficiency bonus of plus three right now. Three. So right now you can attune to three items just for as you guys purchase items, it's a thing to think about. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what that was. So of the <laughs> items that she shows you, which one in, are you interested in any of them, Craig? Mm. I, don't. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to drown. You know, <laughs> fair. fair enough. I might. I'm just so disappointed that I can't do ring of quickening, but it's okay. I mean, you can get it, and it can be useless to you. Yeah, that's the thing. It would just be useless to me. You can spend a lot of money to have something that does nothing for you. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> it looks pretty. Do it for the role play. No, I'm just kidding. What do no. you? Uh, what do you want, Craig? And you can also think on it while I go to other players. Yeah. You want me to do that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that conversation with Kanji at some point. Who else wants something? In a second, it'll be roleplay with Ro, but yes. Can I say that Greta walks up and she has a big, lumpy cloak in her hand? (gasps) Do it! Send it, chef. (laughs) Yeah, I totally didn't make this and bold it so that you would find it. (laughs) Can I say, can I just like, for the sake of fun, say that it's like way big? Like, it's a normal-sized person cloak, but for Greta, it's, like, massive. Yes. Okay. So, I feel like Greta walks up <laughs> with this big cloak in her hand, and she looks up, and she's like, how much is this? Could you describe what you're holding, Greta? I'm holding a simple drab brown cloak of rough, darkly stained outer fabric and a softer woolen inner lining. Greta likes the wool mm-hmm. because it reminds her of her That's family. That's a throwback to the intro. 
Mm-hmm. The hooded cloak is, is pretty nondescript in every way, except for the breast pockets running along the inside of the cloak. There are four pockets total, three on the right side and one on the left. Um, she looks at you and she smiles and she says, that is the cloak of holding. Um, it is 400 gold and it allows you to magically store items within its, uh, its pockets. <sighs> and she tells you essentially that each pocket opens up to a small pocket dimension. The three on the right side are two by two foot cubic spaces. Dang. Um, so, yeah. And on the <laughs> oh, left no. side, it's a five by five <laughs> cubic pocket dimension space. So, basically, Greta could put about like a child. I don't well, know. You could put a Greta in there. I almost don't want to sell this to you anymore. But you could put like maybe like two hundred fifty thousand berries in the right side of the, of the pocket, and then you could just pull like whole great swords out of the left side. I feel like Greta's like sitting there, and she's like, "I really could fit a lot of berries in there." So she describes that item to you. Oh, that's a lot of money. How much is my shield worth? Um. Well, I'm not certain what it does, but I'm very intrigued by items that need to be discovered, mm. and um, it is dragon scale, so mm. I would it's probably give you a standard scale. rate of 750 gold. You sure? Yes, there is, <laughs> there is sure? no item which is dragon scale of that make and a shield which is not worth at least that much. Okay. Hmm. How much was the cloak? 400. So you said 750? Okay. Hmm. I'm going to look I'm going to look at Bob's. I have no idea what you're gesturing to me about, Landon. <laughs> I'm not. A, I'm, I'm, I'm giving a nondescript, very descript motion that Greta needs to ask for more. Oh. Okay. I don't know. It's pretty big dragon skill. I mean, I don't know the value of dragon skills. What but... would you value that, Greta? <laughs> and of all the bartering you've made so far, she seems very not aggressive. It's very relaxed and a pleasant tone. Can I do like a, can I do a history check for how much this would be? Or like an insight uh, check? Like, uh, ooh. I'll tell you what, you can either make an insight check to see if she's valuing it honestly, or you may make a, I'm just gonna be real with you, a much higher DC history check to try and see in the history of Yalabedin what dragon scale items sell for. Your call. I'm gonna go with the history check. Okay. Ballsy. Oh, wait, wait, before you roll, I cast guidance. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. Thank you, Landon. Thank you. So roll the d20. I love that sound. And I get to roll at advantage. Why do you get to roll at advantage? Because of guidance? Nope, that adds a d4. No, you have the artificer's lore thing, right? Oh, shoot. Do I you? I sure do, yeah. What does that do again? Nice, Landon. <sighs> Oh yeah, history checks on magic. Okay, okay. So okay, I get to add advantage. my my prof- Dang, nab those hags. It says get to add proficiency bonus twice. Okay, you can add your Okay, so you have expertise. Okay. So So, what's your history? So, what'd you roll? I rolled a 4. Okay, what's your history modifier? Uh, my history modifier is a 7. Okay, so we're at Holy crap, we're at 11. So add on another 3, so that's 14. Now roll twice. your guidance. Yeah, it's already included in your history because you're proficient. Okay. And then so basically, you get expertise in history for magic items. So we're at we're at fourteen. So now roll a d4. That is a d12. There you go. <laughs> no, roll that one. Roll so that 15. one. Fifteen. Dang it! Dang it! Dang it! Hey, you went from a four You're to not a sure. fifteen, dude. You're not sure. Not sure. Okay. Hmm. I mean, I think at least a thousand. I heard that Craig got like 
3,000 for his rings. And those are she smiles <laughs> at you. Um, why don't you make a persuasion check for me? It's going to be a high DC. <laughs> I cast guidance. <laughs> okay. Uh, Boz, Boz cast guidance. So ah, you okay. So oh, another, no, I'm sorry you rolled like a mortal person for five seconds. A four and a three is not... What I experience every moment of my life. Okay, okay, damn boy. You said persuasion? Yes. Okay, that was... That roll. That was cocked. Ten. Okay. She smiles mm. at you and she says, I'm, I'm sorry, that is a fairly... It's a fair evaluation of the ship. I'm gonna look at... I'm gonna... Ask Boz, what do you think? Hey, if you really like it, do it. I think what you have should give you joy, so. Uh... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have we used that shield? No. We avoid contact. How many times have you put something in your pocket? That's a good Like, smash cut to, like, Greta, like, burning to death in combat. Like, my cloak was so nice! extremely helpful I'm just joking what are you all I'm saying is you put stuff in your pocket all the time like That's true. every time I look at you you're sticking something off the street in your pocket <laughs> and so I worry about it a little bit and honestly I don't know if it would smell as bad if inspiration boss okay I'll do it okay Greta as you try to hand the shield over, could you make a wisdom saving throw for me oh, at disadvantage? No. I cast guidance. <laughs> Negatorino, my guy. You don't know what's happening. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Craig has one check. Everyone else has none. And Abby's Greta's about to have six. <laughs> <laughs> That's a 17. Okay. Rose just drinking Chardonnay. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Crying. <laughs> 17 and a 13. Okay. 13. Um, Greta, you, you pull the shield out of your bag and you look at it for a second. It's dragon scale. That's pretty valuable. No. No, you want to keep this. Wait, so how do I DM? How would you I? You feel too fond of the shield? Craig. That's all I'm going to say. Craig's got money. Not to pressure you. If we don't get somewhere in a second, I am going to go to somewhere else, someone else. Okay. Um, I don't know how to roleplay that. Um, you, you, you suddenly feel convicted that the shield is extremely valuable and you don't feel like you could part with it. Okay. Well, then, look at Telejay or no? Tanajay. Tanajay. Hey. I'm going to say, you know, I actually, I'm feeling really convicted that this shield is really important to me and I don't want to get rid of it. She gets a curious look on her face and nods and says, no problem. We respect your convictions. Um, can I make an insight check? Because that was kind of weird. Cause she yeah, you, sure can make, she you can make an insight check, boss. You can make an insight check. Okay. Um, she continues and she says, would you, do you have anything else you would like to trade or... Um, I wanted to ask about, um, and I'm going to point to the adornment section. You also, just as a quick reminder, I'm not telling you what to do as a player, but, um, you know, there, there is the team fund. For yeah. Anyway, yeah. just reminding you is all. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to ask about, I'm going to point to the necklace of adaptation, and okay. I'm going to ask how much that is. 
Uh, that fine instrument would be 2,000 gold. Okay, very cool. Got a 16, cool. by the way. I got oh, a 16. 16. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> um, oh, a 16. That, that was uncharacteristic for Greta. I say, Greta. What? Yeah? You wanted to give that away. <laughs> like, we were sure... What Wait, happened? Okay, DM. Mm -hmm. Okay, how like do I? How much do I understand what just happened? You felt convicted that that you suddenly changed your mind. You felt convicted that that shield was valuable. Is that still like happening, or you feel that way? Okay, how long do I feel that way for? I feel that way. Um, Boz thinks back to when they first found the knife, mm -hmm. and when we struggled because we didn't want to give it up. Mm -hmm. um, he looks at Kanaje and he says, is there any way to tell if an item doesn't want you to give it away? It's <laughs> kind of knowingly at Greta and she says, I suspect that that item you have might be of nefarious intent. I'm going to... But I'm not certain. I'm going to drop it and step away from it. Make a wisdom saving throw at disadvantage. Yep, sorry. Roll again. That's another 13. Why would you drop it? You own it. It's valuable. You could dent the leather. <laughs> so, does Greta feel any... I've, I'm, you feel like it's valuable. Okay, and why I'm would you drop to it? This. I'm new to this. Yes, it is, it is very strange. It is very strange. So, I feel that it's valuable and I'm not going to drop it and I like it. I'm not going like to give it away. Like, for a second, you think like, oh, okay. No, no, no. Why would you? Why would you get rid of? It? Okay, so I don't recognize any kind of. Strangeness. Doesn't feel weird to you. So Greta like kind of like holds it in her hand and ponders it. But can I? Can they kind of see that I, I like cast reach suggestion out on Greta? Oh, okay. Let's get spicy, folks. Okay, Boz, what does it look like as you cast suggestion? So I I I put my staff on the ground and the emerald glows and I look at Greta and my eyes kind of light up as well. Oh, it's I like say, a Gandalf moment. <laughs> I say you should put the shield on the floor. And it's a wisdom saving throw from Greta. Uh, uh, yeah, wisdom saving throw. Wisdom saving. And throw my spell throw. save DC is uh fifteen. Boz, could you make a wisdom saving throw for me? Yes. Or actually, excuse me, could you make a charisma saving throw? Charisma saving throw. Roll. I'm going to cast guidance on myself as I do it. I'm going to do a saving throw just for fun. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so let me be sure on this. Everybody give me their rolls and then we'll get to the rule. I have no roll. I got do I need a roll. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm getting your thing, I promise. No, it's fine. Do I need to roll a constitution check for all the Chardonnay I've drank? Okay, so Boz. Over there sipping. Uh, so, sipping. what'd you get? 19. 19. Hi, I'm Jared. I'm 19. I never learned how to raid. Hi, I'm Jared. Okay, Boz, what'd you get on your roll? I rolled roll an 18, but it also says that I can roll it after somebody makes an ability check, so I should have been able to do it last earlier when Micah rolled two. That is true, and I hate this busted cantrip. Well, so we'll chuck that up to Zach getting it wrong. Thank you for the mercy. Um, You got an 18 on your roll? Okay, so that was with the 18. I included it in there just yes. in case. But I oh, have okay. like both eyes separated in case not. No, I appreciate but, it. Yeah, it was 18. Um, so, Greta, uh, Boz casts like his emerald 
uh, glows and his eyes glow and everyone sort of winces as the emerald glows and you look at him clearly it has no effect it just washes off your fine. I look at the emerald no you look at I mean him whatever whatever mm. you look at has no effect on you mm. um Boz as you cast it um you you hear like in your head like a in your mind for a moment you see a flash of red light and you feel like you feel like a rumble in your chest like thunder hits you and um no one else sees this but you like wince in pain for a second i am saying exactly what i'm like like as soon as that happens i, I kind of like i make a like a motion like like i'm in pain and i kind of say like okay. it just it felt like i just heard like thunder like a red flash of light um Greta, did you feel anything Kanaje's face gets really serious. Did you just try to cast a spell on me, Boz? Yeah, something's not Why? right, Greta. Why? Because that shield's not good. What do you mean? What? Something's wrong. I don't know what, what do it you... is, but I couldn't. How do How do I get rid Greta? of it? Greta, are you able to put that shield on the ground? Yeah, yeah. And then I'm gonna try. I'm gonna Wait, drop I'm it on the ground. Disadvantage. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, I made control of myself. Uh, 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 uh. So that, that was a <laughs> that was a twelve, a twelve and a fourteen. Okay, she goes, yeah, yeah. And then she just stares at it for a second. Wait, I'm gonna say yeah, down. yeah, and then I'm gonna hold it out and then kind of, and then I'm gonna no. Why would I, guys? Why would I want to drop it? I mean, it's so. Why would I want to drop this? I might, I might break, the, I might dent the leather. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, you're right. Yeah, leather can be very uh, fragile. Okay. Um, sorry, I'm gonna grab grab a player's handbook again, real quick. This is getting spicky, y'all. Spicky. This was just supposed to be a shopping episode, you guys. What's happening? Um, we've got a lot of things stacked up here. I'm gonna get a little bit outside of. I, I, I want to stay within narrative a lot. However, I want you guys to be able to make your trades. So Craig, we're gonna retcon a little bit and say that you had made your decision earlier. Did you make a decision on an item to buy? Um, we're just gonna say that this happened in your yeah, conversation so, so you don't miss I'm this gonna, opportunity. I'm just gonna get the Faber's clasp because I think that <gasps> that is ideal. She said just as if that's not an awesome item. It's good. It's just not Mawage. It's not Mawage wing. Mawage. Okay, mm -hmm. deduct two and five. Faber's clasp in your inventory. Yeah. And you have Faber's clasp. So we're going to say that. Yeah. Which is pretty awesome. I'm so excited. Maya is on board. Is Faber's, which one was Faber's clasp? The cat one? Oh. Yes. Oh, I was going to buy it if you didn't. I'm not going to lie. That's, yeah. I'm really glad you bought that. That's one of my favorite items. Woo! Okay. Um, quick note. Um, does do. Oh, I don't know. I don't want to ruin the roleplay opportunity. I, do you guys want me to just sort of like sort of segue past the moment where you could have possibly asked Boz for the 400 gold to buy Click of Holding? Is that something you tried to do? Yes, no? Just because yeah, I know what's going to happen. Ness is going to take up all of the episodes. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And okay. I want to buy the dancing thing. Whatever it was, I wanted to pay for that. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. So, so how much gold do I, am I giving up? Deduct 400 gold and Greta put the Cloak of Holding in your inventory and i'm sorry to take the wind out of that moment a little bit but i want you guys to be able to get these items how much was the dancing thing 225 gold so if you still have enough for that you can buy the I pendant do. of revelry 
and Where put it in your Wait, who's buying the pendant of Romo? I don't tell anybody Boss. that I'm doing that. I try to do okay, it very sneakily. Okay, you do it quietly. Um, you sent me to the bathroom last episode. I get passed to know And you're one. in a different room again. This keeps happening. <laughs> I'm going to say that Craig is now sitting with Romo. you have a lot of Chardonnay, talking too. Talking to her and drinking. <laughs> okay, you know what? Actually, this... What is happening is so dramatic. If you just wanted to slip out of the room while it was happening, I'd say you could do that with anyone noticing. Yeah. Ro, do you care if Craig walks into the room with you? No. Okay, Craig, she, you're in Are there. you crying? No, but I'm a glass <laughs> in. Okay, Rose is sitting there with a glass of Chardonnay and you walk into the room. I'm going to get to that in a second. No, you're good. You're good. Okay. Um, do you buy the pendant of revelry, Boz? Yes, I do. Deduct another 225 oh and you will buy gosh. it. Oh my gosh. So everybody's made their transactions. That all went smoothly. Yada yada yee you to you. Craig, you're in the room with um Ro. Uh back to what's happening in the main room. Uh you've just tried to put it down and then not put the shield down. So Kanaje looks at you and she says, Greta, I don't mean to alarm you, but I believe that you are under the influence of a uh, nefarious item. You're probably not entirely in your right mind. But I also want to treat these moments with delicacy. I'm going to try and take the shield from you. 